0: I am with you always. So Jesus promises his disciples just before withdrawing from their presence in Matthew chapter 28. Remember, I will be with you always. We've talked recently, namely on Ascension Sunday, about the nature of Jesus' withdrawal from his disciples. And we've talked recently, namely on Pentecost, about the nature of Jesus' promised presence with his disciples. But today, though, as we kick off a new sermon series called Intercession... I want us to focus on the nature of Jesus' promise itself. That is to say, I don't want us to focus so much this morning on what Jesus' promised presence is. I want us instead to focus this morning on what Jesus' promised presence is for. And to do that, I want to begin by telling you two simple stories. And here's simple story number one. About a year ago, I received a text message from a longtime friend. The text came seemingly out of nowhere, and it was very simple. It merely asked me if I had recently spoken with a mutual friend of ours. I responded by saying that no, I had not, to which my friend replied, I think you should call him. Well, I did. I called him. And not three minutes into our conversation, I learned that this friend had something very difficult going on in his life, something that was making him feel scared and adrift and quite lonely. This friend and I talked for quite some time that day, and then just as we were hanging up, He noted how timely my call was and how much he needed friendship in that moment. And that's the end of that simple story. Here, meanwhile, is simple story number two. Not long ago, like just like a month ago, I was exercising at the YMCA When seemingly out of nowhere, the face of a young man whom I had not spoken to or heard from in over a decade popped into my head. Now, I can't tell you why this young man came to mind that day. All I can tell you is that as he did, I got a sudden impression in my spirit that it would be nice to reach out to him. Make no mistake, as you hear this story, I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't experience some grand epiphany that this was God or the universe or something bigger than myself that was nudging me to touch base with this young man. Instead, I just felt a heaviness for him. Which is to say, I felt a pull at my spirit when the young man came to mind. And so I sent him a brief text message and all the message said was hey bud it's been a long time had you on my mind today and hope all's well would love to catch up sometime soon that was it it's the whole it was all is intercession again the title of our sermon series Now, we all know the word, but what really is it? What does it mean to intercede for someone? Well, according to Webster's Dictionary, to intercede means to act between, to mediate, to plead in favor of. To intercede means to go before someone on someone else's behalf. Now, biblically speaking, in the Old Testament, the priests were said to be the ones who could intercede. That is, the priests were the ones who could mediate between the people and God. Later in the New Testament, Paul writes... That it is Christ Jesus who indeed intercedes for us. That is, according to Paul, Christ Jesus now has the capacity to mediate between us and God. And then in the book of Hebrews, as we've just heard, the author of that sermon goes even further and says that in Christ Jesus we have, quote, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens... An intercessor who is able to sympathize with us in our human weaknesses. In our struggles. In our hurts. In our griefs. In our longings. We have, Hebrews says in Christ Jesus, an intercessor. One who can mediate things for us. Things between us and God. Things between us and others. Things between us and ourselves. Things between us and all of creation. Yes, we have a great high priest, Hebrews says. A great intercessor. One who, quote, has passed through the heavens. One who has passed through the heavens. It's quite an odd little phrase, is it not? Sounds really dissonant with our modern enlightened ears. One who has passed through the heavens. You remember all of that talk three weeks ago about the retained humanity of the risen and ascended Jesus? All that talk about how in ascending to God's dimension, i.e. heaven, how the risen Jesus, though of course still fully divine, also remains fully human in a glorified state too. Remember all of that? And do you remember how we said that all of this matters because it means that one of our own kind, that is, a human being like us and for us, has indeed overcome death and is now present with God in God's realm? You remember all of that from three weeks ago? And then you remember all of that talk two weeks ago about why having one like us in God's realm matters so much Remember how we said that the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost was, in effect, the sharing of that glorified human spirit across the boundary that separates God's dimension from ours? And how we said that the risen and ascended Jesus is the nexus that conjoins these two dimensions of creation. How in Him, how in Jesus, heaven and earth are pulled together with the two-way transmission of human spirit being the way that communication takes place across this boundary. Do you remember all of that? And finally, do you remember how we named That yes, this all sounds crazy and preposterous and absurd and absolute Looney tunes. Until we realize that contemporary physics is increasingly describing reality in terms that indeed map onto such absurdities remarkably well. Who would have thought? Remember all of this? Well, today, with this sermon series, we will now begin to talk about why all of this matters, practically speaking, in the here and now, about what it's all for. And to begin, to get us started, we'll simply note that it matters because if any of this is true, crazy as it is, I believe it is, If any of this is true, then it means that this now glorified human being, this one who is there for us in God's realm even now, not only intercedes for us in some abstract philosophical sense, which is how we tend to think of this, but it means that he likewise intercedes for us in the same practical human sense that we intercede for one another here now as human beings. Do you follow? put that differently, the retained humanity of the risen, ascended Jesus matters because it ensures for us the integrity of the human-to-human intercession that all of the New Testament writers assure us is the very nature of Jesus' continued ministry among human beings. Of how he is indeed with us always. Which leads me back to those two riveting stories I told you earlier. If you'll recall, it was a friend of mine. A real, live human being who said to me of our mutual friend, you need to reach out to him. And then meanwhile, in that second story, it was a sense, it was a feeling, it was an internal pull that made me think I should reach out to him. And if you'll recall, I said earlier that my point in telling you these two stories is simply to make the case that both of them represent the same thing, the same phenomenon. Well, I'm ready to try to make that case now. And that case is simply this. In the exact same way that my friend, that is, that my real, live, human friend, reached out to me via text message because he knew what was going on in our mutual friend's life And because he knew that this mutual friend could use touch points from other friends in that moment. In that exact same way, so too is it that in the second story, a real, live human being, namely the risen Jesus Christ, reached out to me via spirit because he knew what was going on in a certain young man's life and because he knew that this young man could use a touch point in that moment from someone who knew him and who cared. Do you follow that? What I'm saying is not only is the nature of the intercession the same in both cases, I'm making the case that so too is the nature of the intercessor the same in both cases. As well. Both cases represent one human being mediating for another, pleading the case of someone else, going before another on someone else's behalf. In other words, I'm trying to say, dear family, we do indeed have a high priest who is able to sympathize with us in all of our weaknesses and griefs and longings and frailty. A high priest who understands what it is to hurt and to need and a high priest who also knows when we ourselves and others are in need and are hurting. You see, Jesus was neither being glib nor speaking figuratively when he said, Remember, I am with you always. Instead, he meant that he would be with us always. We really believe that. Talk about intercession indeed. In his classic children's book, The Silver Chair, C.S. Lewis describes the effect that hearing the voice of Aslan, the mighty lion, has on the children in the story who hear it. I have come, they hear his voice say. And what they encounter when they turn to that voice is, according to Lewis, quote, so bright and real and strong that everything else begins to look pale and shadowy in comparison. I want you to follow me here closely. It's not that the inner voice that I heard in story number two is somehow a pale and shadowy likeness of the voice that I heard in story number one. The point of all of this is to say that the voice in story number one is in fact but a pale and shadowy likeness of the inner voice that I heard in story number two. For you see, unlike the voice in story number one, the voice of my longtime friend, unlike his voice, the voice in story number two knows the depths of all human hearts, knows what each of us needs and knows precisely when and how each of us needs it. That is why he is the great high priest. That is why he is the great intercessor. That is why he has been given the name that is above every name. And that is why I will close this first sermon in this series on the intercessory work of Jesus by simply saying this, He is in a robust, real way with us always. And He does indeed intercede for us, prompting us when and how to care for others and prompting others when and how to care for us. Dear family, long ago the psalmist prayed that the eyes of his heart would be opened. Well, today let us pray that the ears of our hearts would be opened in order that we might hear the bright and real and strong whisperings of Christ Jesus' intercessory voice and so that in hearing it, we might know that these whisperings are indeed coming from the same glorified, risen human high priest who so long ago promised us that he would be with us always until the end of the age. And all God's people said, Amen. And I will now be down front to receive any this day who might want to follow this risen Jesus as Lord and Savior, any this day who might.